This episode is brought to you in part by Palm Beach Atlantic University's fully online Certificate in Cultural Apologetics program. Learn how to show the reasonableness and desirability of the gospel from leading Christian philosophers. For more information, go to pbaapologetics.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the very first episode of the Worth Your Time podcast. I'm your host, Erica Anderson, and I'm kicking things off today with an interview with my sister, Lindsay Hine. She is a successful podcaster, a mom of four little, little boys, and um, she's an entrepreneur. So today we're talking about all things being a mom, podcasting, being a successful entrepreneur, and just a few things about life. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation. Okay, Lindsay, thank you so much for being the first guest on my podcast, even though you're five weeks postpartum. You're like learning all your podcast stuff from me, aren't you? Well, I've been learning from you for the past two and a half (laughs) years. And finally, I decided to kick my own butt into gear and try to make this happen. So um, thanks for taking the time to be the first guest. I'm so excited. Okay, so I want to talk about the podcast. And I think people are pretty fascinated by how you managed to be a mom of four little tiny children and run your podcast um, and still managed to have a really active social life. <laughs> so um, I, want, I want you to tell us a little bit about your background, but also what gives you the motivation and the inspiration to kind of keep your energy up and do all that you do. Well, I like that you mentioned also keep an active social life because I think that when you have little kids, it's really easy to let that go. And I find that it's very important to not let that go because sometimes I want to hole up in my room and hide under my covers after my kids go to bed. Um, And I do that a lot, but I think it's important to make it a priority not to do that and to connect with friends when your kids aren't around. And that's part of the reason I stay sane as a mom of four really little kids. Do you consider yourself an extrovert? I think so. I don't know. I, you know what? It's like the Enneagram is all the hype right now. And I know that's not introvert, extrovert, but that whole like personality thing is all the hype right now. And I kind of think on that I'm a seven with a six wing and a seven kind of means you're an extrovert. Um, But the more I listen and uh, learn about the Enneagram, I might be more of a six. Yeah, Which, well, I think that you can have all kinds of different um, numbers on the Enneagram scale, little bits of, of all of them. But I, I definitely think that you're more of an extrovert than an introvert. Well, once I get, okay, here's the deal. Once I get in the setting, you know what I mean? Like once I get there, once I'm at the party, once I'm at dinner with my friends, then I'm the extrovert. But when I'm at home by myself or when I'm doing other things, I feel like I might think I'm more of an introvert and I'm like, Oh, I don't want to go talk to people. But then once I get there, I'm fine and I love it. So I don't know. I, I need to learn more about what a true extrovert and what a true introvert is because sometimes I hear people talk about that and I think, well, maybe I'm not an extrovert. I don't know. Well, I've heard a lot of podcasters actually say that they are introverts and people are surprised by that because, you know, they're talking to people all the time. 
But these one-on-one conversations, those are actually the kinds of conversations that introverts prefer. So it kind of makes sense. Um, So tell me about the podcast. How did you get the inspiration to start it? And what made you um, put in the work to to do this even while you were pregnant with your third baby and now you have your fourth baby? Yeah, I so I feel like I tell this story all the time. So if anybody's heard it, um, apologies for me telling it again. But I started listening to podcasts and there was one I really liked and I wanted to find more shows like the one that I liked, which was the happy hour with Jamie Ivy. And I couldn't find many that uh, had the same style conversation based uh, interviews and conversations. And so I am really into running and I'm really into um, obviously motherhood because I kind of have to be with four kids. And so I, and I just love talking to my friends about different things. So I thought I should just, try to do this by myself. And so I did, um, decide I put it, here's the thing. I put it out there to the world. That's why I started the podcast. And I think that's how you start anything, right? Like you already told people you were going to do it. So then you feel like you have to do it. So the second I wrote a blog post that said, I think I'm going to start a podcast. It kind of made me feel like I'm accountable now and I have to do it because people think I'm going to do it. I feel like if I hadn't wrote that blog post that said, I'm going to start a podcast, I might not have taken the steps once I found out I was pregnant and I was really tired. But how did you find, you jumped on the bandwagon before podcasting got really big. It's kind of exploded now. And you got in there before everyone and their mom started doing a podcast. So how do you think you caught on to the magic before everyone else did? Well, so I started listening to podcasts. The first podcast I listened to was Serial. I think everybody, that's everybody's first podcast, right? But that's a totally different kind of podcast. Um, You know what? Somebody on Facebook posted Jamie Ivey's podcast and was, and said, she ends every show with what are your, what are three things you're loving right now? And this girl posted the three things she was loving. And um, so I said, oh, I guess I'll check that out. I liked cereal. So I started listening to that show on my runs. Um, Yeah. And so I don't think that. There were obviously tons of podcasts out there when I started mine, but now I feel it's now it seems like all the bloggers, a lot of bloggers are starting shows and um, just random shows are probably famous people, tons of famous people, you know, Dak Shepard, tons of famous people have podcasts now. And I do think I got in there just like a tad bit before it totally exploded. And, you know, because when I started, I was explaining to people still what a podcast was and it wasn't that early. I mean, it was 2016. I remember when I told dad, our dad, that I was starting one. He's like, well, why are you going to do that? And he, by the way, just now started listening to podcasts two, over two years after when I started mine. <laughs> well, what, what, tell us a little bit about your podcast. What is it? We haven't explained that yet. But then also for people that are listening, she's actually, Lindsay has turned this into a real business. This is actually her job now. She can call herself an employed podcaster. She's a self-employed podcaster. She's making money off of this. So tell us a little bit about what the podcast is, how you're making money, and how your vision for the podcast has changed since you started in the early days. Yeah, so it is pretty comical when someone asks you what you do, because I get that question a lot. Obviously, we all get that question a lot. What do you do? Um, but I'm with, I'm home with my kids a lot, right? So people a lot of times assume that I'm a stay at home mom. 
And so I say, oh, I work part-time. I, I work for myself. I'm a podcaster. And a lot of times when I say that, I do think people want to ask the question, but don't ask the question like, oh, is that an actual job? Do you actually make <laughs> money? Uh, and I do. So when I launched the podcast, I always tell people, don't, you know, it's like the same advice people gave to people back in the day in the blogging world. Don't start a blog because you want to make money. Start a blog because you're passionate about it and you have something to say. And then if it turns into a career, it turns into a career. But that doesn't actually happen for too many people, right? So I say the same thing with podcasting. Don't start a podcast because you think, oh, I'm going to make a lot of money doing this. Start a podcast because you have an interesting topic or an interesting idea that you want to share with the world. And then if it turns into something, it does. Now, I say that with a caveat that I started my podcast (laughs) hoping and expecting that I would end up making money on it and it becoming a job because uh, we're all busy. I have three. I had almost three little kids at home at the time. And I just knew if I was going to pour my heart and soul into it and put the amount of hours that I plan to put into it to justify it, I would need to make some money. You know, Um, I wasn't hiring out any editors or producers and I was figuring this whole thing out on my own which I think now is a lot easier to do even than it was three years ago when I started figuring things out. Um, I just think there's a lot more information and resources out there now and easier ways to do it. Um, How long was it before you got your first sponsor? Okay, so that was probably six months in. I... And I, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't think I was ready for sponsors yet, honestly. I really, really don't. Why is that? I don't think my quality was that great yet. I don't think that my audio was very good. I actually, I, it's not, I don't think, I know it wasn't very so what, good. Was your first, who was your first sponsor? My first sponsor was Prep Dish, which is pretty amazing because they are still a sponsor to this day. Um, they've come back on two separate occasions. So when Prep Dish agreed to sponsor, uh, my sponsor rates were about a third of, or fourth even of what they are now. Um, and also my downloads were as well. And um, it seemed to work, though, because they came back multiple times. So I guess I say I don't think I was ready for them, but maybe I was a little bit. I just think that I should have been working more on my audio quality and my interviewing skills in those first six months than thinking, oh, I need to start making money already because those few hundred dollars in those first few sponsorships uh, was that really worth it? And could I have spent the time figuring all that out, uh, bettering my audio quality, you know? Yeah, but in the end, does it, I mean, people were willing to be sponsors, so. Yeah, in the end, it's fine. You know, in the end, it worked out for me. But I just, I don't, I think that you should dedicate the first few months to really figuring this thing out before pitching sponsors because you don't know what your show's actually going to turn into. And also, a lot of people start podcasts and then they don't continue on uh, yeah. because because they realize how much work it is. And so I don't know what the percentage is, but I heard I heard something recently uh, that a, a, some crazy percentage of people that start podcasts end up fizzling out. And I will say my biggest recommendation is, is if you commit to a schedule, commit to that schedule. I mean, I started my podcast of April 2016. And I have not missed a Friday. I have put an episode out every single Friday since April 2016. And, and that's important. 
So what are the ways that you're making money on your podcast? So all the ways that I have revenue coming in are the sponsors that we talked about, which I try to keep that between one to three sponsors per episode, depending on how things shake out. I will say that uh, in my experience, and just the two years I've been doing it, that I notice seasons. Like I kind of notice that sponsors pick up and gain more interest in certain seasons. So like the fall, I have a heavier sponsorship load than the summer, for instance. So I tried, I have to try to balance out my year in that way and know that maybe summer months might be kind of slow, but the fall might pick up. And then um, I have a Patreon page, which is a place where people can support my work. And I always say that's for people who are dedicated, hardcore listeners who are listening every single Friday and are like, I rely on this for my long runs. Those are the people that I think it makes most sense to support my Patreon page because then you're spending $5 a month and you're getting hours of content a month. Plus, you get bonus content um, over on that Patreon page for your support, Um, which if you think about like a magazine subscription, not that people subscribe to magazines anymore, but we just think about something that you give money to because it's something you appreciate and rely on. I, I just think the Patreon thing makes a lot of sense. It's like listener support, you know? Yeah. And something uh, like $3 a month is nothing and you wouldn't even notice it. Um, and especially if it's a podcast that you really, really enjoy, it makes sense. So I support your podcast and one other one. The podcast. I support the podcast. The podcast. Yep. And I support them at the $7 level. I've been thinking about stepping it up on theirs. <laughs> Their podcast is great. The podcast with Knox and Jamie. Um, And then the other stream of revenue I get from my podcast is my coaching business. I'm a running coach and I really don't market those services other than organically talking about it on my podcast. And so most of the time these days, I've been coaching way longer than I've had a podcast, but most of the time these days, people come to me um, for my coaching services. And then um, I'm working on some uh, pre-made training plans to just sell on my website. So that's the other thing. A lot of podcasters make money on things that they sell, uh, programs and courses that they've created or things like that, that they can just promote through their podcast. So there's, there's lots of different ways to do it, but I would say, um, sponsor sponsorships is definitely my heaviest, um, heaviest source of revenue right now. Okay, so some inspiration for those of you out there that are thinking about starting a podcast. Um, I want to talk about some of the people that you've had on your show. When you started, you just had basically friends and people that you knew pretty well. But in the past two years, you've had, you've had people like Shalane Flanagan, Des Linden, Dina Castor, and that's just to name a few. I mean, you've had probably at least, what, a dozen Olympians interviewed on I'll Have Another So tell me how you got the, I guess, the courage to get out there and ask some of these big names and then how that has evolved over time in terms of how you um, get and think about guests. Yeah. So, yeah, my first few guests were all friends or people I knew from the Internet that I thought had interesting stories. I did. One of my early, early episodes was with Sarah Hall. She was episode nine. And she was kind of a big name to get on early on. And I laughed thinking about that interview because I was so nervous and I really don't get nervous anymore. Um, And then my second elite runner I had on who was about to be an Olympian was Emily Enfeld. I'm about to interview her again. And I just went back to listen to her episode to see how it was. And I couldn't even listen. It was like episode 22 or something. And I'm like, I can't listen to this. I, I like can't stand to hear how I sound in this interview. 
which is funny because now I don't feel like that when I listen back to episodes when I'm editing and stuff. I don't, I'm not bothered by, by how I conduct the interview, but yeah, I mean, I just, I had a big dream and vision from the start and I just kind of told myself like, I'm not going to be scared to ask to have big names on my show. And I will say once I got a few bigger names than pitching to other big names, I was able to use that, you know, Oh, I've had Shalane on my show. And then it kind of gives the show a little bit of notoriety. And so now I'm shameless. I mean, for instance, Des Linden has been on my podcast, which she's the winner of the 2018 Boston Marathon. If anybody listening doesn't know who that is, um, she was on my show in December of last year. And since she won Boston, she went on this huge media frenzy. Like people who didn't even know who she was, you know, was were having her on their show. And she was on Today's Show and Good Morning America. I mean, it was, she was everywhere. And so... I I was like, well, I could get lost in the shuffle or I could just try to get her back on. And I tried. And guess what? I didn't get her back on. <laughs> um, I, I called her agent. I texted her agent. I emailed her agent. And I've since then followed up with him probably 10 times. And just yesterday, he wrote me back after I emailed him probably for the 12th time a few days ago and said, hey, I'm with Des right now. I think we can figure this out. So does anyone so, ever, has anyone ever been rude or annoyed? Um, no. Well, the only person I've ever been denied by is Chrissy Wellington, which she's a world famous triathlete. She's won Kona several times. She's basically like the best female triathlete ever. Um, Ironman champion. She, the first time I reached out to her, she said she was on maternity leave and she wasn't interested. Then I waited like a year and I reached out again and she basically was like, I'm not interested, <laughs> which I, I almost would rather someone just not respond because it's it. Cause then you feel rejected. Yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I have such a hard time dealing with any kind of rejection that I get worried about things like that. <laughs> or sometimes I'm like with her, I don't feel like this, but sometimes I'm like, ew, who do you think you are? Like, why can't you come on my show? Um, but Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is, is like at this point, I'm like, I don't care. I will interview anybody and I'm, I'm going to be, I don't know. There's probably some people I would be nervous about, but it's been your favorite interview. Probably. I mean, probably Dina Castor, which, which is multiple times. She, I've interviewed her twice on my show. She's been on, I did a Facebook live with her as well. I mean, she's been on a lot of podcasts. She's very well-spoken. She's been in the public eye a lot, but she has a lot of really great things to say as well. And I'd say I probably had the most and best feedback from her episode. Okay. Let me ask you about something, a philosophy that you have that I think people will find interesting. And one excuse I know that you hate is when people say they don't have time for something. Um, So as a mom of four very young kids, you could easily use that as an excuse not to get things done or not to fulfill your dreams of making this podcast happen. So Tell me about that approach to life and where that philosophy comes from. Yeah, I just, I cannot stand it when people say I don't have time because I'm thinking you do though. (laughs) There are some people, I mean, look, I don't work 80 hours a week. I know that there are people who literally work insane hours. I'm not one of those people because I choose not to be one of those people. I could work a lot more than I do, but I choose not to. Um, So if you're like some really 
high end like brain surgeon or something, <laughs> if you're somebody that has a very, very big job like that and you really truly work 60 hours a week, okay, maybe I'm not preaching to the right crowd. But I think that for the vast majority of people, there is time. It's just what do we do with that time, you know? And I am fortunate enough that I, I will hire babysitters and um yeah, that's a big that's a big cost and sometimes it's hard to to bite the bullet and do it. But to me, it's worth it to hire a babysitter. If I have like an extra interview, I can book. That's a really exciting guest. Or if Glenn and I just want to go out and get some adult time because we are going crazy and we need to be away from our kids. Um, and there are sacrifices that you make when you, when you do that, you know, when you spend the money on a babysitter, you sacrifice other things. So yeah, I think it's important, you know, in that conversation when you say, oh, most people are just making up an excuse. Yeah, there's always exceptions to that sure. rule. But when we're talking about it, you know, it's like we have friends and people that we know, you know, we know their life <laughs> circumstances. And sometimes you hear that and you think it's not that you don't have time. It's that you're not making a priority of it. Well, right. And like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm totally binge watching Pretty Little Liars right now. Like, and I mean, right. <laughs> Rightfully so. I have a six week old. And so I am allowing myself time to binge watch terrible TV. Um, but if I want to hustle and get something done, if I have a goal that I want to hit, I'm not going to binge watch pretty little liars. And this is also what I always say. Usually your goal is temporary, right? I mean, like I have a big goal with my podcast long term, but you have short temporary goals. For instance, I always tell you this. If you want to run a marathon, you, you don't want to make time for your marathon. And that's fine. If you don't want to be a marathoner, that's fine. But if you do want to train for a marathon, look, you're not giving your whole life up. You're dedicating 16 weeks. So you're giving 16 weeks of less TV or, you know, like less going out with friends or less this or that to dedicate to the marathon. And guess what? When the marathon's over, you can do something else. You can give yourself a six-week break to do that, the other things that you like to do. But man, time gets away. And if you set a timer and say, I'm going to spend 20 minutes doing this to perfect this, you'll have this like focused attention that you might not have otherwise if you just kind of thought, well, I kind of want to do this and one day I will. But, you know, right now I'm going to keep doing, you know, this other thing. Yeah, I mean, I think I think breaking your goals up into smaller chunks like that is a really good idea. And it also reminds me of that that thought of, you know, to, if you think it's been too late for something, but two years down the road, you know, you'll will you still be in the same place and you could have completed the thing that you had a goal to do two years ago. Um, so just putting things in perspective, I think that's a good idea. Um, I also want to talk about, okay, so you are doing not only your podcast, but you've done some speaking engagements. You've done a couple of live podcast shows. Um, you are emceeing the Indie Women's Half Marathon, and you've done other events like that. In addition to running and training for marathons, being a mom, how do you stay disciplined? How do you do that? And what gives you the um, motivation to do it when you don't feel like it? Yeah, because there are times when you go to bed and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I have to do that tomorrow. <laughs> Am I really prepared for that? I always think once you do this, you're going to be happy that it's done. And sometimes I get anxious like about, sometimes I get anxious about a speaking engagement or something like that. Like I get a little bit nervous, but 
once I'm there and once I'm in the moment and I tell myself, especially with speaking engagements or emceeing or something like that, like if you just act like you're talking to a bunch of friends, you're going to be fine. And so I just remind myself how much energy I get and how much excitement I get when I put myself in those situations, even though before they come up, I get a little bit nervous. And I think that's just human nature. You know, I think it's human nature when you're planning something big or when you're preparing a speech that you're going to be a little bit nervous about how it goes. But I mean, that all comes in the preparation. And so one thing I've learned, especially with speaking and presentations, I mean, I was a terrible student in school. And it's because I didn't know how to prepare for things. I would think I was studying right and I would think I was preparing for things right. But I would oftentimes put it aside before I was really fully ready for it. So instead of saying, I'm going to go over this talk like three times and then I'll be fine. If I don't feel good after three times, I'll make, I'll put a recorder on and I'll make Glenn, my husband, listen to me three more times on top of those three times if I don't feel like it was just right. And a lot of that is just like dedicating yourself to the craft, right? Like it's easy to give up or just be like, oh, it'll be fine how it is. But um, one thing I've learned is that, first of all, I'm not a perfectionist, but there are certain things that I have to work on to make it right. And it'll never be perfect. I, I can't live the way perfectionists live because um, that's just not my nature. But giving it a little more time and attention than I used to um, has really helped me do a better job. Yeah, I think we've talked about the idea of uh, done is better than perfect. <laughs> which it is, which it is. Which is a, has been a, a key thing for me in my life and getting and completing projects that are important. Um, another thing that I wanted to ask you about, you also have a philosophy of not believing in mom guilt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's something that people talk about probably almost too much in uh, the world of momming today. How do how have you been able to rise above that? How do you not have mom guilt? And what advice can you offer to people that deal with it? Look, if I hear another conversation about <laughs> self care, I'm gonna punch somebody in the face. Like I just I, I understand some moms need it, but like can we stop talking about self care and just live our lives? But self care, you're not calling it self care, but your self care is getting a babysitter and going out to dinner with your husband. Right. And like, I'm sorry. I like, yeah, I've never struggled with being like, I don't have time to take a shower or, or, you know, like I don't have time to make breakfast myself. I mean, I will say there have been times since my fourth baby came that I'm, I do get to nine 30 or 10 in the morning. And I'm like, Oh shoot, I haven't fed myself breakfast. Um, those moments have happened. And I mean, that's not even that late in the day, right? If I'm getting up at seven, but, um, I've never struggled with like not making time to take care of myself because I'll go crazy if I don't. And so, um, I just know, I, I don't know if it's just my nature, but I just know that I'm a better mom and a happier person if I do things that I enjoy, because guess what? My kids are not always going to live under my roof and I am, my sole identity is not found in being their mom. It's like the best gift and the best job in the world. And there's nothing in the world I love more than my kids. But that's not my sole identity. Because you you watch it with, with our lives and like my husband's life, for instance. You see our parents and I see my husband's parents move on and live life without little kids at home and without teenage kids at home and 
that's what our life is going to be in 15 years. You know, even when our kids are teenagers, we're going to have so much more freedom from the physical and emotional, well, maybe not emotional, but physical exhaustion of having little, little kids. Um, so I just know that this is temporary right now, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think some of that comes from our mom. We have a mom that is not very sentimental and, um, you know, she's, she's a great mom, but she's not the kind of mom that was ever, um, <laughs> going to feel bad about, you know, leaving us with a babysitter or, um, or anything like that. And so I think watching her be a very independent, proactive person that doesn't let really anything weigh her down, which she doesn't, um, has been an influence on both you and I, although I do struggle with mom guilt <laughs> in a different way. I wouldn't say necessarily in the same way that um, you hear about all the time, but with my kids going to daycare every day, I, I do struggle with that. Um, but I don't think to the extent that some people do, and I certainly don't let it keep me from living out the things that are important to me because I'm like you and that I know that I need to do these things in order to stay balanced and stay happy and to keep my sanity. So, um, you know, running my half marathons and doing this podcast and writing articles and having my job and going on trips. Those are all things that I know that I need to, um, to keep me happy and a happier mom is, is a better mom. Well, and I'll just say this too. I, don't my kids aren't in daycare all day. So maybe people are listening thinking, "Oh, it's easy for you to say you're with your kids a lot." Okay, so that's really true. I don't know how I would feel if my kids were I don't know how my guilt, I guess that's a better word for it, would feel. I don't know how that would be in my life if I did take my kids to daycare Monday through Friday. I don't know. Um I'm very pro doing that, you know, if if that's the work schedule that you have. Uh, I, that's not the work schedule that I have. So maybe I would struggle a little bit more with that if I did do that. I don't know. Cause I'm not, and that's the other thing. Everybody's in a different place. You know, we're all doing the best we can with what we have, or at least we should be trying to, to, um, but yeah, as far as getting a babysitter and things like that, my kids and, and your kids will probably say the same thing. Jacob probably loves daycare because guess what? Kids strive on structure and, um, or they, kids thrive on structure. And so Jacob knows that he's going to daycare and they're going to do this at daycare and they're going to eat lunch. And then, you know, he knows that he's going to feel loved by those people that are taking care of him. So, um, yeah. yeah. And when, and, and you know, of course there's also can be structure if you're stay at home, but, um, it's, but it's harder to do though. It's harder. <laughs> it's harder for sure. But I mean, I either think, one, a kid can do great. Yeah. I mean, my, my two middle guys, uh, just started, they just go twice a week, 8 to 12.30. And then I do have a babysitter that comes to my house right now once a week for the whole day as well. But um, the the two days a week that they go to their uh, little program, I mean, they love it. They love the structure. They love that they know what they're going to do when they get there. They're going to put their bag down. You know, it's like even though we sometimes we think that might not be the case, they really, they really like it. Um, and then when my kids have babysitters, 90% of the time, they're so excited because that babysitter is going to give them so much more attention than I am. But you know what I suffer for more than, from more than mom guilt is, is uh, husband guilt, wife guilt, um, which is so dumb because I'm with our kids way more than my husband is. He works, you know, like a pretty standard eight to five job. So most days I'm with them so much more than he is. But for instance, the other night, I went to my friend's house to have some drinks on like a Thursday 
And normally I would just take the baby because he's so little still. He's right now he's five weeks old. Um, but I was just feeling like I need to be alone. And I left him at bedtime with four kids. And I felt like, oh, I feel bad leaving him with everybody. But then I was like, that's, I know that I couldn't control that I felt bad, but I was like, that's so dumb. Like you have four, you have all four of them all the time. He's their dad. He can handle it. And I think as moms, especially new moms with newborns, we think that when the baby's a newborn, that we have to be like the sole caretaker of that newborn. Um, and I know there are exceptions to that, but I think a lot of moms feel like, well, while he's a, he's a newborn or she's a newborn, like, you know, I'm, I'm the sole caretaker cause I'm the mom. And you know, a lot of people are breastfeeding, which I don't, but there's nothing wrong with leaving your five week old or your two week old with your husband for a couple hours and, or day even or whatever, and going and getting some time to yourself. You don't have to be glued to the baby. And if you are breastfeeding, I know that's hard, but you can pump. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. I did it with my first. I did it with my first. I did. I did as well. And I hated it. And that's why I don't breastfeed. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Pro breastfeeding or pro formula. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I know it is harder to get away from your baby when you are breastfeeding for sure. Okay. So I'm going to wrap it up with a few questions. Uh, what okay. are your favorite podcasts? Of course, we have to talk about that because we're both huge podcast lovers. Okay, so the happy hour with Jamie Ivy, of course. Of course. Um, though I will say she's got a lot of like the same kind of guests on, and um, like it's always a woman who's like wrote a book and you know is married to a pastor or something like that. And so, um, but that's her thing. So whatever. Um, the podcast with Jay Knox and <laughs> the podcast with Knox and Jamie. Um, super soul. I don't. Li- you know what's bad? I don't listen to a ton of podcasts, honestly. Like, <laughs> I wish I listened to more because I had. This is why I started a podcast because I couldn't find one that I really loved. Um, the Morning Shakeout with Mario Fraioli. That's probably my only other running podcast I listen to that I can that I can um, enjoy for some reason. Um, well, I just started listening to Creative Slide with. John Acuff. Have you heard of his podcast? Uh, no, I mean, I know who John Acuff is, but I don't know. didn't know he had a podcast. Who, who doesn't know who John Acuff is? <laughs> he, um, he doesn't have very many episodes. He has like 10 episodes and I listen to them all. I really like him a lot. I list. Oh, you know where I heard him? I think I heard him on Annie Downs podcast. Does that make sense? Was he on Annie Downs uh, podcast? He was. And I love Annie Downs podcast a lot. Annie Downs, that sounds fun. That's a pretty good one. And it's it's another Christian-based podcast. But I heard him on her show. And then I was like, I hope this guy has a podcast because I really like him. And he does. And he had an episode with Dave Barnes that I really enjoyed. Oh, I listen to No Limits with Rebecca Jarvis sometimes. You turned me on to her. Um, Online Marketing Made Easy with Amy Porterfield. The Gold Digger. I don't listen to her anymore, honestly. I will sometimes search her show to see if she has a guest that I like, but um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't like her show that often. I like Rachel Hollis's show when she interviews people. I don't like it when she does um, like chapter reading, 
chapter reading self-help stuff, anything with her husband. Eh, can't stand that. Um, <laughs> they have a like, whole separate podcast for that. I don't want to hear about your sex life with your husband, Rachel Hollis, and how great it is. <laughs> um, but I do like her show when she interviews people, and I do think she has some really good motivational things to say. Yeah. And then that's really about it. I Sometimes I listen to Building a Story Brand with Donald Miller if he has a good guest. Um, I hate to say it. I'm one of those people that will filter podcasts based on their guests, which I know people do that to my show as well. Jamie Ivey is probably the only podcast that I don't filter based on guests. I listen no matter what. Yeah, I filter based on guests too, unless it is a favorite like that. I I listen to every single person on Jamie Ivey as well. Also my first podcast, love. (laughs) Um, Okay, best book you've read recently? Okay, so I think I'm gonna I'm reading Imperfect Courage right now by Jessica Honiger, which she's the founder of Noonday Collection. And by the way, she's been on my podcast. Um, I wasn't sure what I would think of this book because I feel like a lot of women in her kind of genre of work, I guess, you know, like those women entrepreneurs who are out speaking at lots of events, have written books like this, but. I really like this book better than most of those because that I've read like this because she really speaks on like being a cheerleader for other women and pursuing your passions and dreams and not making excuses, you know? Right. Uh, And her story is just really inspiring too. I mean, she, she started noonday because she was raising money for an adoption to adopt her son, Jack from Rwanda and it turned into this huge empire. Jessica Honiger is a very likable person who I, who comes across with a lot of humility and um, per- relatability. And so I'm looking forward to reading that book as well. Yeah, you should definitely read it. Last question is, in the coming year, what are you most looking forward to? Um, not being a postpartum crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the postpartum hormone struggle is real and I feel, um, I might not sound anxious on this podcast right now, but I deal with postpartum anxiety really, really bad every single time. And so I'm looking forward to feeling myself again. Um, and those moments usually happen when I'm alone and not with other people. So, um, I'm looking forward to pulling myself out of that when, when the time is right. And, and just, just growing my business and growing my podcast and, um, yeah, experiencing doing, doing things in my life that, um, excite me, you know, for a long time I would let fear stop me from doing things that I wanted to do because I was too scared to get on an airplane or too scared to do this or that. And just trying to not let fear get in my way of doing big things. Okay. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the very first episode of Worth Your Time. I can't wait to share some of these great conversations with you that we have coming out. So um, I hope you will subscribe and um, get to know me a little better and get to know some of these awesome guests that I have lined up for you. Um, catch me on Twitter at Erica Anderson or Facebook at Erica Anderson Sylvester. And I look forward to connecting with you. See you next time.